right, man. So what's it been like three, four weeks since? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably been three weeks since since we last hopped on here, man. And it's I tell you what, like, like we're, are we even living in like the same world anymore? Like what, what has been going on? Listen, I, apparently there's been a revolution. I don't know, <laughs> but there's all types of stuff going on. I mean, well, first things first, I just want to acknowledge, you know, the, 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 the break. Um, I ended up getting, you know, testing positive for COVID. So I just want to say to all the people out there, make sure you take COVID very seriously. Make sure you wear your mask and, uh, and, and do some research too, just to kind of familiarize yourself with it. Um, for me, I didn't have it too, too bad. I did have some symptoms, um, you know, fatigue, uh, muscle aches, uh, loss of taste and smell and stuff like that. But I didn't really have any, any crazy chest pains or respiratory issues. So um, I'm fortunate. I know it's a lot of people that are going through much worse. So I just want to say to all the people out there, make sure that you take COVID seriously, you know, social distance, wash your hands, wear your mask, and and do your best to, to stop the spread. Absolutely. But yeah, um, we could transition from that to crazy people storming the Capitol, creating the super spreader event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's the part, like, I feel like gets swept under the rug, right? It's like, yeah, there were crazy people trying to, like, overthrow, like, democracy and all that, but I just want to know how many people, how many of those people are going to end up with COVID, because you know they weren't wearing masks. How many of them had COVID? Like, it was it was Probably, crazy. yeah. Um, the, the congresswoman in Massachusetts, Ayanna Presley, said that her husband ended up contracting COVID at that situation, at the Capitol, because Republicans refused to wear their mask inside of, like, the, the I guess, the, the, the hideout room, the situation room, whatever room you want to call it. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you know, if you guys don't know by now, we don't really stick to sports here, so I mean, yeah, you know, what I'm saying? we both two young, we both two young black men in America trying to make a living. My man just had a daughter, you know what I'm saying? He got raised her in this country. We got to make sure we keeping it real. Yeah, you know what the score is. All right, let's get to basketball now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's, let's get to basketball. COVID, crazy people, you know, all that stuff. It would be nice to get get back to basketball. But first, I just yeah. want to say I'm glad you're doing all right. I'm glad to be Me back too, man. with you. And uh, so, guess what, man? So we, so we. Started, yeah, when we left, when we left. It was crazy. It was like so yeah. much that didn't happen yet. Yeah, you know what, man? We we started recording an episode, um, yep. and then and then and then it, it didn't get published for that first week. So now we're mm -hmm. four weeks into the season, and like the whole NBA is different now. First things crazy. first, we got to mm -hmm. talk about it. James, the Harden, elephant in the room. Yes. James Harden finally got traded. And, and we were on like the very first episode when we were coming back. Mm -hmm. The first couple episodes, we talked about this spot, you know, going to the Nets as being mm -hmm. the one that seemed to make the most sense uh, mm -hmm. for, for a variety of different reasons. Feel free to go back and listen to that episode, uh, you yep. know, and, and check out our prognostication skills, you know. But okay, so now, so now we're here. It happened. The Nets traded away three first round picks. They swapped. Yep four first round picks with the Rockets and they sent mm -hmm. away half the team to the four corners of the NBA. So crazy. We were texting about it at the time because and this guy and this guy that they traded for could possibly leave in two years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Put that out there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is, this is win now if there ever was win now, but you know, so, so we were texting during the day when we saw, um, you know, the, the imminent, you know, trade was going to happen because of that whole press conference debacle where James Harden was basically like, yeah, I want out. And they traded. It's crazy him. how we was texting, like, right before the trade, like, yo, this is not looking good. And no, then, like, we just literally, like, like, 20 minutes later. We were like, it's going to happen today. And it was like, no, it's going to happen this hour. And they trade, <laughs> and, then, and then it happened. So 
What was your reaction to it at the time? I want to know. I was shocked that it happened and they didn't have to give up any one of the superstars. You know what I'm saying? But then, immediately after that, I was scrolling Twitter, and I think I sent you the link, and I just happened to fall on a Twitter video of a dude doing a reenactment of LeBron James. And that's literally <laughs> what I thought about. I was like, I'm 36! I can't do this no more! I'm like, not that old. Like, it's like, man, what does this actually mean for the Lakers? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are the Lakers necessarily a lock for the championship? And I hate to just jump right to the Lakers because I feel like, you know, I I've done a little bit of listening back to our podcast and we, we kind of do talk a lot about the Lakers and the Clippers. But if we're talking about the NBA right now as it stands, the Lakers are the number one team. And this trade for me made me think that the Lakers may not be the number one team for much longer. Right now, they're the number one team in the league. They got the best record. They're like the best defensive team in the league. Like, like they're they're which they're, is shocking. I didn't think they was gonna be the best defensive team. You know, it, it's interesting because they were up there last year too. Um, and, and I think, but that, they had they had they had four seven footers. Yeah. So I, I think it's really Frank Vogel is a very good defensive coach. I mean, that that's what he's kind of known for. He was like that back when he was in Indiana. And then you have one of the one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the league on your team. And you got him holding LeBron accountable, you know, in his 37th year of, of life. You know, still got him out there. 36, you know, 36. Well, his 37th year of life. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're journalist, journalist, man. You got to be so technical. Yeah, no, but but no, I usually I usually go with how how old you actually just turned. So I'm I'm just over here messing around, you know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, I think I think that right now, in terms of of talent, and it, it depends on Kyrie Irving being around. But that big three is I, I feel like that probably has to put them over, in theory, put them over the Lakers. I don't know. There's no way Kyrie's not gonna be around. One. One, he's he's going to be around for this. You know what I'm saying? This is this is history. This is right up his alley of enjoy the art. You know what I'm saying? He mm -hmm. wants to make this happen. He wants to have a guy for himself. But um, does this give them enough firepower to beat the Lakers? Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's like KD has championship experience. Kyrie has championship experience. These guys have won championships. And now they just add the guy that's won the last three scoring titles to their team. And, and it's clear that with Kevin Durant before and, and, and Kevin Dur and, and James Harden's played in an NBA finals too, alongside Kevin Durant, they have experience playing together. I mean, like they look, they look like they never stopped playing together. They look one, like but the thing that the, one, one thing that's interesting is like, they've gone on completely different journeys for like the last five years or whatever. And now here we are. Right. So it's like, when I'm looking at it and I see James Harden and Kevin Durant playing together, I just think that that's going to work because James Harden has now had his own franchise and been the man. And Kevin Durant was the man when he was in OKC and went to another place where he didn't necessarily have to be the man, but he could be if he wanted to be. So those two, I think, are going to mesh really well. It's going to be interesting when Kyrie Irving comes back because I... Assuming I just want to see, I just want to see how that's going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's interesting. And that and that was that was always the wild card. You know, I feel like as as a, but he's definitely coming back. He's definitely not going to retire. See, that's the thing. I, I feel like a couple of days ago, I might have thought like, man, boy should just retire because his head's not in it. He doesn't seem to want to be here. I feel like right now, you're probably looking at it like. Well, of course, I'm going to try and give this a shot because we're going for it, you know? Okay. 
did I send you that video link about the um the wild conspiracy theory out there? No, I don't think so. All right, so no, this is the wild conspiracy theory that's out there. We might as well just talk about this on a podcast. So we can right, tweet about it if you want have afterwards. Have All right, someone put up a YouTube video, and I, I don't have a link and stuff like that, but we'll put it in, this, in in the description or we'll tweet it out after the episode airs. But there's a theory out there that this was all planned. What Kyrie was doing is all planned to drive his trade value down so mm-hmm. that the Rockets wouldn't want him. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I, I cannot claim to know what... The one, thing, the one thing about that that made me think that this was interesting was when the media started to question Kyrie Irving's mental health, mm-hmm. and then the next thing that popped up was videos of him enjoying life with his family. It's like someone's playing chess and someone's playing checkers here. You know, and, and then, so he's still he's still missing time right now. Um, COVID protocol. Has, Co- he, not he, for he personal reasons. Yeah, exactly, because he has to, he has to uh, you know, adhere to COVID protocols because he went out in person and, and was, uh, you know, celebrating with the family and doing all that. So, you know, you got to adhere to the rules. He's been fined a couple of times uh, because of his kind of, you know, Kyrie Irving-ish behavior. The uh, media is pawns. Yeah, you know, apparently, apparently we're all pawns, you know, I, I don't... Hey, hey, hey. Hey, okay, sure. We, I got think in front of this the title, so I'm not necessarily media. Media, you know what I'm saying? Because I think I know basketball, so he ain't talking to me. Yeah, and he's technically not talking to me either because I'm no sports reporter, not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He don't know you talking yeah. about. Yeah, but yeah, you know it, it, that's that 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 whole that whole conspiracy theory is just very interesting to me because it's like, man, I seen a wild a wild side by side picture of a fat James Harden. In a, in a Houston Rockets uniform, and then a skinny James Harden in a Nets uniform. What is going on here? Okay, and I know you. Photoshop. Because I, I think because I think you sent. Okay, well, first of all, we got to talk about one of those announcers a couple before James Harden got traded. He saw yeah. the pregame. He was like, James Harden definitely had a pregame meal. He was looking all all chunky in his warmups. When he came out and balled that game. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's like but, you can't even talk trash about James Harden because he's still putting up thirty point triple doubles. Seriously, Fat James Harden was still will still put buckets all over you, like absolutely. But I think that. They should be, the Nets should be the best team in the East. And the fact that they, I mean, yeah, they traded away basically like half their bench, you know, and and stuff like that, but they still have a solid lineup. You know, they've still got Joe Harris and and DeAndre Jordan and and Jeff Green to kind of round out their lineups. And, And that's not even to say that, you know, those guys are spectacular players, but they'll fit the need. And they've got Landry Shamit, who I've always liked, even going back to college, yeah. And he gave James Harden his, he, he gave James Harden a 13 number. James Harden paid him for it. So, you know, Jim, I mean, Shamit's being a team player. <laughs> exactly. He, he does whatever you ask of him, you know, absolutely. I think that, that you know, they have a solid team. It's going to be the same question that we always have with, you know, these super teams, right? You know, the Miami Heats of the 2010s. You got the big three or the big two or whatever in the starting lineup. And then it's about what do you have after that? Are those guys stepping up into their roles? You're going to get, you know, whether it's, you know, your big three or big two or whatever, you're going to get a bunch of guys that are going to put up 50, 60 points a night. You know what I mean? Where yeah. are the other points coming from? That's the key. And I feel like the Brooklyn Nets managed to, I mean, it's a pretty risky trade because you're basically banking all this on these guys and you're just saying whatever about the future. You know what I mean? All of it. Though, mm-hmm. though eventually, like, you might make some trades, you might sell some people off and recoup some of those picks. But right now, you're assuming you're going for this championship right now and so i think that they have enough to do it in terms of getting out of the east 
and they probably have enough to beat whoever comes out of the Western Conference. It's not a guarantee, though, because I think they are, you know, for all their offensive firepower, they've been a pretty middle-of-the-road, just average-at-best sort of defensive team. And that's... They're the fifth team in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. Being the fifth team in the Eastern Conference right now with KD and Kyrie, I mean, although Kyrie hasn't been playing and KD was on some COVID protocol, I still think it just isn't good enough. Um, yeah, one thing I do want to acknowledge before we move on to the next topic, um, prayers up to um, Karis LeVert because he ended up testing, having uh, some type of a kidney, a lump in his kidney where he's going to be out indefinitely. So we just want to send prayers up to him, speedy recovery, you know what I'm saying? This this trade may have saved his life, you know? We, we don't know. Yeah, and, and, you know, you hope that he comes back later this year you know if he, if everything's okay or um you know next year if uh you know things are all right by then so uh you know good luck to him obviously so getting into the next bit here so let's just talk about the league a bit more generally right we've yep, already yep. kind of talked up we, we've already discussed this so I, I maybe we can move past the fact that both of our top teams in the league right now are all the, the lakers you know yep. they're they're one of the they're they're a top five offensive you know rating team in the league. They're right now the best defensive team in the league. You got AD, you got LeBron. They're a good team. What are you going to say? Do you have anything to say about the Lakers before we move on? No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah, All right. Nothing. So so now I want to ask, who for you is showing out the most right now in terms of players? Well, in terms of players, who for me is showing out the most and is really affecting his team and with his infectious play? This man's averaging 22.9, 10.6 rebounds, and 6.5 assists. I'm talking about none other than Julius Randle from the New York Knicks. Man, mm. listen, the New York Knicks right now are in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference. That's right, people. I said it. The New York Knicks are in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference. They're seven last- and eight. And, and, and you know what? Yeah, they're seven and eight and all that, and it's the Eastern Conference. But for real, when's the last time you could honestly say the Knicks were contending for anything? I don't know, man. I was watching the movie Soul from Disney, and they was making fun of the Knicks. So you know it's bad. When the Disney <laughs> when Disney's bad. making fun of you, it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. like that had to be at least 20 years for them to put like uh, like scripts. Like somebody had to grow up and write that in. Like it's yeah. crazy. Like the Knicks have been doing bad for a long time. But right now, Julius Randle is playing like a beast. Like, he's playing like everything that he was built to be when he came into the league. And it's like, it's it's wild because, like, I got some friends that call um, Zion Williamson a glorified Julius Randle. And it's just like, that's funny. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I'm not going to really, d- you know, dive into those comparisons. But I, I just say that to say, yeah. You know, people feel like Zion's a glorified Julius Randle. That means Julius Randle must be really good. And he's, he's really showing that right now this season. And, and you know what, man? Like, R.J. Barrett is growing up. And, again, the Knicks have a new head coach this year. And he seems to be bringing in some of that that good old charm that, that he used to have when he was, uh, you know, head coach of the Chicago Bulls, my beloved Chicago Bulls back in the in the in the 2010s you know what i mean back in those good derrick mm-hmm, rose mm-hmm. teams and all that and that's Tom yep, yep. for me i think that you know aside from lebron james which is right you know he's 36 years old how is he still doing this basically at the top of the mvp hunt for me right now i'm looking at joel Embiid, who's averaging 25 
and 11 right now. Got the Sixers coming into today as the two seed in the East. And I mean, just the other night, dropping 45 and 16 on the Miami Heat, the you know defending Easter Conference champion Miami Heat in overtime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that, right, he, he's always been good, right? He's, he, he's always been among the best bigs in the league. I feel mm-hmm. like right now what we're seeing is a guy who is just like, he, he's, he's, at, he's at the top of his powers right now. He is. Is he though? Is he take as he taking that step that that guys like Shaq and Charles Barkley are always yelling at him about at halftimes during their games on TNT? Like, is has he has he taken that next step to be that dominant player? He's not at that point right where Shaq was challenging him like you should be getting 38, 40 points a night. He's obviously not doing that part right. He's only okay, okay. That's, fair, that's fair. That's fair. But but I think that his his consistency has been much better right now. Uh, earlier in the year, he definitely had some some uh, you know games where he definitely took too many threes. Uh, but I think that he's really starting to own who he is as a player and just be like, look, man, like I can score from anywhere. You know, I I have I have enough skill to to dominate night in and night out. I mean, he's got two games, three games this year where he's taken thirteen or more free throws. So he's figuring out, like, you know, look, I can just attack. They can't stop me. I'm going to get to the line, and I'm going to get my points. And and I think that knowing that they, that he can play that way, like, look, man, this is the best player on our team. There's no more debate about I want to see him get more assists. He doesn't get enough assists, though. I mean, I, maybe I'm being nitpicky, you know what I'm saying? Because, like you said, he has stepped up, and he is being a little bit more aggressive in his game and his approach to the game. But I feel like... The ball's going to be in his hand a lot of the times on the Sixers' offense. And because of that, he's going to get a lot of attention. And if he's going to be getting all that attention, he has to do a better job at finding the open man. You know what I'm saying? It's not fair to him that he has Ben Simmons, who's going to be open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> which, is, which is a whole joke in itself, because Ben Simmons cannot shoot jump shots. Even though there was a lot of footage from him over the summer hitting corner jump shots, we haven't really seen it yet. But, you know, Joel Embiid, I just want to see more assists from him. And like I said, maybe I'm being nitpicky, maybe I'm not, but that's that's whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's that eternal question, right? When when you're a dominant player and you're just like, look, these guys can't guard me, I'm going to take them, right? You do kind of run that risk sometimes of turning into a black hole, right? Where the ball mm-hmm. just disappears when you throw it down there in the post. And And I think, right, that I don't know that I'm going to nitpick it a whole lot, but I do think that when you, for example, this team's going to go to the playoffs, right? You can't do that over a seven game series and really expect to win. He's not Shaq. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it's and, not happening. And, and the thing is, I mean, Shaq had that part of his game where he did know how to pass it out of the post. And, yeah. and, and, and they did space the floor, you know, back when he was in his heyday with the Lakers and, and, and all that, you know, so he, he wasn't mm-hmm. just a one trick pony. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, and, and I think that MB does have that part in his game. I, I, but I think that your point is absolutely taken in that if they want to do something more than make it to the second round of the playoffs, then you got to, he definitely does need to do more. But that also means that these other guys need to knock down shots. This is true. This is true. So that's like who you feel is showing out the most. Who are you the most disappointed with in this season? I would or, say- or what, or what, who, what, like, what's the most disappointing thing to you so far? I would I would say I'm I'm a little disappointed in the Toronto Raptors. You know, I know that you know they're they're getting a little bit older, you know, when they lost, 
you know, one of their linchpins is Serge Ibaka, you know, and, and all that. I, I get that part. I guess I, I just still expected with, you know, this this veteran lineup that they that they still have, that they would be a little bit better. And again, it's it's still early in the season, right? They're they're four and eight coming into tonight. There's plenty of time to turn things around. Um, I just expected better. You know, what, what, can, what can I say when you have, you know, Kyle Lowry and you, know, you, you signed Fred Van Vliet to, you know, a, a big extension because of how well he's played for you. And you still have Pascal Siakam, though I think that we talked about this a little bit before when we were you know, thinking about our last episode, is that uh, he's, he's still kind of going through some growing pains right You're now. You're going through a lot of growing pains. In, in, in terms of, you know, being a star night in and night out. He's definitely turning the ball over too much. Um, and I think that's something that definitely has to improve. So I don't know. I think they still have time to, you know, kind of turn things around and, and you know, sneak into that playoff picture. I kind of had them as, you know, sort of a seventh or eighth seed in the Eastern Conference as I was thinking about it, just because I, I think that they, again, are a good veteran team. But yeah, right now they're they're struggling. They're definitely struggling. Um, for me, I don't really have anything that I'm really disappointed with. Um, I feel like a lot of teams are really still trying to find their footing. You got John Moran. He just came back from his injury, and I feel like he's going to give his team a big boost. Um, oh, Kristaps Porzingis came back from Dallas for Dallas, and I, you know, I'm very interested to see what's going to go on with Dallas, you know what I'm saying? Because right now, Dallas is not really playing up to their full potential. But we know that they're a playoff team, you know what I'm saying? And they, they was a playoff team last year, and they should be a playoff team this year. Right now, they're in the eighth spot. But, you know, and that's really that. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really disappointed with anything. I'm just looking forward to see, like, teams really start to gel outside of, like, you know, COVID and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, it's something that I think I mentioned offhand a little bit to you as well, that there have been a lot of blowouts this year, a lot of kind of sloppy play and, you know, the games haven't always been competitive. And I, and I really do think that that's probably part of it. Uh, first of all, the quick turnaround of the season. I mean, part of it is just the reality of the situation, you know? Yeah. Uh, because it is hard to get ramped up as quickly as, you know, for asking them to get ramped up for this season and just expect that, Oh yeah, the games are all going to be great and closely contested and everybody's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be like riding a bike because that early season point and, and that, that training camp, those practices and all of that, like yep. that's all stuff that you need to, to knock off the rust. So I think that, you know, maybe as we get into this a little bit more, again, is where we're what four weeks into the season, most of these teams still got like 60 more games left to play something like that. So, I mean, we'll, we'll probably see, you know, around, you know, mid season, as always, people start rounding into form a little bit more and, I hope that, um, you know, the, the playoffs are what we're used to seeing. I don't know whether or not uh, they're, they're going to go for a bubble again. I mean, at this yeah, point, that'd be interesting. at this point, I kind of wonder if you should just, just plan on doing it because you're already, the NBA is already having so many problems with, I think that and, and people getting, getting infected. Like, yeah. The schedule having them play the same team on back-to-back -back nights is really, it it, it has uh, an effect that a lot of people just probably aren't seeing yet. You know what I'm saying? It's a little different when you're playing different teams every night and stuff like that. But like, I watched the Rockets get blown out by the Lakers twice. 
Yeah. There was nothing that made me believe after the first game they was going to come back the second game and things are going to be different. Like, this, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't I didn't know. It was like they lost the first night, then they lost the second night. Ex- exactly what was going to go on. Bad so teams, it's not like teams team. are... Yeah, so it's not like teams are growing in between these matchups and stuff like that. Like, some of these teams are getting their entire matchup against the team they're going to be playing against for the whole season done in their road trip. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to see that team again, maybe for the whole... Play. So it's like, it's... I think that, that that affects things. You know what I'm saying? Like, flow and just development. I don't know. I, I, I mean... I don't know exactly what what I'm trying to what I'm pin, putting my finger on, but it's something. You know what I'm saying? It's something. This that that's a situation where if you get two evenly matched teams, maybe you get a couple of evenly matched results. But yeah, when you got the Lakers playing the Rockets, especially now that you you know you don't got James Harden no more, though. I mean, they they did at the time. Uh, this is what's gonna happen. You know, like they're they're you're gonna pick up two easy wins, or you're gonna pick up two bad losses, and and then and then you move on. But I think that, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing to make sure that they have the playoffs go as smoothly as possible. And I, and I feel like having a playoff bubble um, probably has to be part of the discussion, even though it is going to cost a lot of money. I'm sure they hope that it would just be a one-time thing. Maybe they just do regional bubbles this time, you know, kind of, you know, kind that of could work. Spread, that could work. spread it out a little bit more, but... Uh, I, I think it, it's got to be part of what they talk about. So what's your biggest surprises? We did our biggest disappointments. We did who's showing out the most. The biggest surprises for you? Man, the Knicks and the Cavs, right? So so we mentioned this part that, yeah. It's, Mine's the Knicks, too, so we might as well knock mine out. My my biggest surprise is the Knicks as well, man. It, it's, a, it's pretty remarkable. But the Cavs, it, it, talk to me about the Cavs. So you have a situation with the Cavs, a lot like the Knicks, where you got, where you got young players that are coming into their own right now. So you got, with the Cavs, Colin Sexton, who really just had an incredible start to the season. And then Darius Garland, in his second year, starting to come around as well. You also have a Cavs team that is the second best right now, the second best defensive-rated team in the league, right behind the Lakers. And and so when 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 you have a couple of, when, when you finally have a couple of guys, you know, really turning around on the offensive end and then you're playing good defense and you're limiting opponents, like that's a way to maximize what you can do as a team. Are they, a, are they a contender? Right? No, of course not. But I think this is a situation where a lot like the Knicks and, and the way that they have turned things around with, with Tom Thibodeau, as you know, I, I mentioned that the Cavs were the second rated defensive team in the league. The Knicks mm-hmm. are number six. They're up there too. With yeah. you know, Tom Thibodeau's always been a defensive-minded coach. That's what he's hung his hat on. That's how you know he has maximized his teams, right? We're gonna grind you out on on like on nights when we don't always have it offensively. We're gonna grind you out. We're gonna stop you from scoring. And we're just we're gonna do just enough to make it happen. So that's how you get a team that isn't quite ready for prime time to sneak into the bottom half of the playoffs. And, and I'm really interested to see if, if they can keep this up or if it's kind of a, an early season thing. And if, and if the integrity starts to fall apart, but I'll say this: yeah. Colin Sexton averaging 25 points a game. He's a bulldog. I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Cavs or the Knicks keep it up because 
it is early in the season. And a lot of those teams at the bottom, or a lot of, not at the bottom, but a lot of the teams that may not be in a playoff hunt or that are in the top eight in either respective conference, I, I feel like, you know, teams like the Miami Heat are going to get it together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that the Miami Heat are going to remain the 12th seed in the Eastern Conference for for much longer. I think that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pick it up. They're gonna hit a couple of win streaks and things like that. I think are gonna be situations where teams like the Hawks, the Cavs, and the Knicks really can't afford to lose games right. that they should be winning. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing applies for the Western Conference. Don't expect the Denver Nuggets to be out of the playoffs. The Houston Rockets, I expect to be possibly out of the playoffs because of the, the situation with the trade. So it's really just the Denver Nuggets. And I mean, the Golden State Warriors are not the last, the worst team in the league this year. I mean, we, we kind of wrote them off too early. So I think it's going to be interesting. The same the same thing we just said about the Eastern Conference with the Cavs and the Knicks. It's going to be interesting in the Western Conference with teams like the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and the Blazers because you got teams like the Nuggets and the Warriors that are like, man, going to get it together. I don't expect these teams to just keep losing. And you know what? Speaking of the Warriors, right? We really did kind of talk about them, like man, because because I because I had them as a as I, I thought a team that would you know sneak into the playoffs, and they started off really poorly. And I told then, you it was was it Steph with the with the with the with the with the, with the um cornrows? He as dropped the cornrows, man. As soon as Steph got rid of his cornrows, man, stop balling! Like, come on, you can't be light skin with cornrows. It's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? And at no point in life, it's just not going to work. You just got to just, if you're light-skinned, don't do the cornrows. And you know what? Kyrie, don't do the cornrows, Kyrie. <laughs> you talk, you're talking about me? I know you're not going to get no cornrows. Uh, well, I was going to say, well, okay, I, 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 did, I did it back when I was like 10, you know. Whatever. No, but that, that was 10. I mean, I'm talking about now you're trying to win in life. You know um. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, no, no. I'm, 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 pa I'm past that, you know. But, but no, for sure, man. Like, and, and then once he dropped him, he's over there dropping 62 points, you know, 38 points, 62 points, and it's just like it's like he rediscovered who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he got Draymond back too, which man, is like man. it's interesting seeing Steph and Draymond. Like those two may may need each other. It's interesting too because I, I I was over here talking about like oh yeah maybe the Warriors would be better when you know Draymond comes back and you over here don't talk about Draymond my man I, I don't think the Warriors got to think listen, Draymond Green you you know I don't like Draymond and I'm not saying that the Warriors are better because Draymond's back I'm saying that Steph's better because Draymond's back <laughs> and, and really the whole Steph being better that is the most important part of yeah of, so if of, Steph's of better I guess the Warriors are better. I'll tell you what, though, I like James Wiseman. I, I, I oh yeah, I, no, no, I'm a I fan. Like I'm a fan. I think he's going to be a good one. Like I, yeah. I, was, I was cautiously optimistic about him, but I think that you know, and, and again, right, he's had to take on more of a role because there's been no Clay and there was no Draymond for a little bit. And I he may have added a few years to Steph's career. I, I, you know what, and you know what, I would love to see it. I really would. Me too. And, and I, and yeah. I think that you know he has the potential. We talked about this way back you know, win, right? But he has the potential to be the best big that's played with with him. That's played yeah, with him. I mean, he low-key already is. I mean, right, because like... The dude's jump shot at 19 years old is... His, his jump shot right now at 19, year old, 19 years old is pretty, pretty smooth. I mean, he's, he's, he has a high basketball IQ. He doesn't seem like he's going to get distracted outside of basketball. You know what I'm saying? It, it's going it, to... Yeah. He might be playing with the best big he's ever going to play with right now. Man, the way he yammed on Bobo, 
that other day. That's crazy. And Bo Bo's like seven nine. Like, <laughs> what are we talking <laughs> with, about? With, with like an eighteen foot wingspan. I know, man. That's crazy. Like, he, he, he is like, so, so I saw somebody being. You know like, what? Listen, listen. Why, why are you saying that? Let's just jump into cash and trash. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Let's just jump right into cash and trash, and you just go for it with your cash. Well, okay. My first cash is Zion obliterating dude from, from the Sacramento Kings the other night. That was, I don't know that who was I feel the, more bad for, the, the, the dude or the rim. I mean, that was one of those where he, he makes the move in the post, and, and there's a clip of, of, the, of the Pelicans announcer literally saying, uh-oh, when he makes yep. the first move. He didn't even think about going to the rim yet. He just knew nope. it was coming. And, and I, the moment yep. he elevated, you're just like, oh, shit. Brandon Ingram stood up as soon as he made that move. Mm. As soon as he made that move, Brandon Ingram stood up. It was a dub. He, he dunked all over him, man. That was, that was a great poster. And, we, and I feel like it's the one we've been kind of waiting for with Zion. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're waiting for, these, for this type of Zion. You know what I'm saying? And we got it in that game. I mean, he, he went up so hard. Like, what's his face? Try, try to get up there and block that. He, he got his hand on top of Zion's head, maybe. He, he's like over here just like putting, fitting him for the crown, you know, while Zion's over there threatening to tear the rim off. It's crazy. You know, like, I mean, threatening. He damn near did tear the rim off, man. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. What else you got? Steph dropping 62. This man is Oof. back. And, and I, Listen, mean, I was happy. I got him on my on fantasy basketball team when that happened. I, I needed that. I needed that. Help me get a win. You know what? As, as, a, as a guy who, again, you know, I, I expected the Warriors to, to drop off, obviously, without Clay. I didn't expect them to be the same team. But I've been kind of waiting for Steph to figure it out. And, and I was just thinking about, like, man, like, he's, he's going to get it. He's, he's forcing it right now. But the moment he gets the groove back, he, he, he dropped a 38-pointer before this. And then it's like you just knew it was a matter of time Listen, before he had one of these. The man got rid of the cornrows. And then there was a video circulating of him hitting 105 three-pointers in a row at practice. You knew the next game that they played. I felt bad for that team. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's just... I just never seen anything like it. You know what? Nah, like, 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 like him, him as as a shooter, as a player, right? Like it's not just about dudes, you know, shooting from the logo, right? Because because there are a bunch of people who have crazy range, like dudes who can can hit from the logo, or they can pull up off the dribble, or they can hit off a curl, or what what have you. But nobody makes it look as easy as he does. Like I, I just no one does. Nothing. I've like never it. seen Steph switch his form for anything. He can, yeah. he can shoot it while he's leaning forward. He can shoot it off a step back. He can shoot every it single time. That elbow is straight. Mm. And you know what I find so interesting about his form, right? It's like every time that elbow is straight. But you know that he he holds the ball like he he hold he puts his hand on the side of the ball and then rotates it forward. And like there's this part where I'm just like, man, how do you do that? How do you keep it going straight every single time? I practice this. Like, like when I go to the court, sometimes it actually works, but after a while it starts going haywire on me, but it's just like, how do you, he, he holds, he holds his, the shooting hand, the right hand on the side of the ball and then rotates it forward. But it's like, it's all about the elbow. Like you said, you know, it's not about the hand. It's about the elbow. As long as it stays wow. straight. That's I never knew that about the hand though. I never knew that about the Steph hand. You know what? I also read too. And I, I find I find it really interesting, like kind of reading up on shooting form and like shooting mechanics, right? Because I'm always trying to figure out my own shot. You know what I mean? Like I go out yeah. and I, I try to shoot around two or three times a week whenever I can make it happen. And my shot's just water. My it's just oh, water. Oh yeah, no, I I I seen you. You know, <laughs> except for when we get in the game, look like yeah, somebody, it looked like somebody put a COVID board on top of the rim. 
<laughs> I don't know. I can't even hate on you that hard because you know I've, I I I go through my spells too. I can't. Hey man, yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a streak. I'm a streaky shooter. I'm a streaky shooter. Yeah. But but you know it, it's like I also read too. This is just like insider basketball that that Steph Curry is a he watches the ball when he shoots it. Like a lot of people, and I, I I'm I'm in this, and, and the majority of players do this. They want they look at the rim when they shoot it. They look at you know either the net or like the rim as a whole, or like for me, I actually look at the back of the rim when I shoot. Hmm. So me too. Like, I'm looking at the rim. Yeah, but he watches the ball when he puts it up, and, and I'm just like, how does that work? I tried it a couple of times. I like shoot the ball over the backboard, man. Like. It doesn't make any we sense. We got to figure it out, man, because he figured it out, and he's the greatest shooter of all time, so clearly we doing it wrong. Also, quick cash to your buddy, Taco Fall. Banking oh, man. In, banking in the long two the other day and driving yeah, down the lane for the dunk. Taco. Yeah, I'm so happy that the Celtics kept Taco Fall. I'm so happy that, you know, he's he's actually getting some playing time during the season this year. And, you know, because I think he signed to a two-way contract. So, I don't, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be um, available for all the games. But that may change considering what's been going on with with COVID and stuff like that. And, yeah. So, yeah. well, I, I don't really have many, many caches. But my, my one of my caches happens to be a poster as well. And it's Paul George catching his dunk the other night. That was nice. I mean, he, him and Kawhi have been playing kind of well the last few games. It's like it's kind of like when the when the Clippers aren't in the news, they play good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as soon as you yeah. start talking about them, they start being the Clippers. So it's like I don't even want to talk about them too much now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. <laughs> I want to see the Clippers and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So, you know, Paul George caught a, a, a monster dunk the other game, and that was one of my caches, just to show that he still got it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, that, and that right there is great. I haven't but, seen that in a while, man. I got to say. That's what I'm saying. Him doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, like... And it that, looks that good. Reminded, yeah. That, that dunk reminded me a little bit of that one that he did on... Uh, Chris Anderson back in like the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, man. And, like, that was that's one of my favorite dunks what, ever. What what was that? Twenty it was twenty twelve or was it twenty thirteen? It was one of those. But it was one of those. Like the, that was like the Paul George coming out party. He like blew by Braun and then just absolutely detonated on Birdman. You know what it I was, mean? It was ridiculous. And I remember it. it. It was like one of those where like he threw it down so hard, like you thought like the the net was gonna fall off. He threw it down so hard. I thought the Heat was gonna lose, <laughs> but that didn't that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But, but I but I mean like that that was kind of what that that reminded me of, man. Is he just wound back and just smashed that one? Yeah, it still shows all the athleticism and everything. And this is after the leg injury, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's good to see that he still has that. Um, and my only other catch is the is the young god Lamelo Ball getting mm -hmm. the, his triple double, the youngest ever in NBA history to get a triple-double. After the night before that, he almost got a triple-double. He was one assist away. So following that, he ended up getting that triple-double. And he put up 22 points for that. Uh, I think it was like 11 assists, 10 rebounds, or 10 rebounds, 11 assists, one way or the other. But that right there to me is cash because it's like, shout out to LeVar Ball, man. You know what I'm saying? When I see LaMelo Ball in the NBA ball, and I'm just like, man, I've been watching this kid since he was him and Zion. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. watched the game where Zion played against LaMelo Ball against his brother Lonzo Ball. Like, that, like I, I watched that. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that, to me, right there is just cash, just to be able to see a lot of these players, you know, like LaMelo Ball, 
you know, be so young, make it to the NBA, and do things like make NBA history. So, you want to talk trash? I got one quick trash. Washington Wizards, how are you going to lose a game in which Bradley Bill put up 60 points through three quarters? How hey, you yo. lose that game? I, you know, I seen that. And you all, I got an answer for you. This is going to be funny. I got an answer for you. So the, the the Wizards average the most points in the league, right? But they're also second to last in the Eastern Conference. So that's how. <laughs> he, they can't stop nobody. No one. They can't. Listen, if me and you put a team together and grab Dutch and maybe your daughter, we're going to go out there and ball. Man, I, I already got I already got my girl Duncan. Like, yeah, listen, I've seen I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos. She's a, she is she's a scoring machine. You know what I mean. Listen, her jump shot's better than yours. I I just want to just well, well I, mean, I don't mean no disrespect. I'm just I'm just acknowledging I, the facts. Look, man, I I made it a point to, to mm-hmm. you know get that straightened out real fast. Oh, so you get you you taught her the Steph Curry hand twist already? I, I mean, I had to, right? I can't be <laughs> teaching her my broke ass form. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's funny. So that's the only trash you got, man. Bradley Bill dropping sixty and still catching the L. <laughs> it, yeah. And, and and I guess myself, I'm gonna go over here and trash my broke ass jump shot. But you know, oh right. man, that's how, how about crazy. you, man? What do you got? Well, for me, one trash that I got is straight up COVID. COVID just ruining the NBA. And not only because it's ruining the NBA, it's ruining specifically my fantasy basketball league. <laughs> like I have listen, I got players on my team, and these other guys in the league got players on their team, and everyone's in the group chat, and everyone's complaining and moaning because their players are out for a week with COVID protocol and they're only down by 20. It's just like, this is, this NBA fantasy basketball season is going to be tough, man. That's trash. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm trying to get that bag this year and COVID is just really just messing that up for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I need that. Right, first, I need that. first it got you. Now it's over here messing with your money. Damn. Yeah, man. It's like this is crazy, man. I need I need COVID to get it together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got the vaccine now, so hopefully more people get vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? Do your research on the vaccines. You know what I'm saying? And make your own decisions. But you know, we got the vaccine out there. Hopefully, everybody out there is getting vaccinated. But you know, so that's one trash that I got. It's just how COVID's affected my fantasy basketball team. Um, the other trash that I got, which is pretty hilarious. Is Andre Drummond running point guard? That's like, listen, listen. I know big men are shooting three pointers. I know they're, you know, AD can bring the ball up. AD used to be a point guard. You know, that makes, well, that's that the thing. Like, like when you watch AD bring the ball up the court, you can see that that man used to be a point guard. Like he looks, yeah, it looks it. natural. But Andre Drummond running point guard is something I just don't want to see. First, like he'll, he'll like dribble the ball up, and then he'll just hold it. Like this, there's this this plays out there where it's like. He's passing the ball to a player, and players on his own team are stealing his passes. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's a bad pass or what, but that shouldn't happen. That that shouldn't happen. So that's the type of stuff that's like, I'm just like, man, that's trash. You know what I'm saying? So uh, whenever Andre Drummond gets the rebound, I need Colin Sexton or Darius Garland to just go over there and just ball, 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 ball. Literally, ball. literally stand there and be like, you hand me this ball. Okay, you don't you take one drop. Oh, uh, not one. Time out. I'm taking nope. I'm time out, coach. Boy, you take one dribble before you reach half court. <laughs> we are no, we're done. Go sit down. It's like time out. He needs to be on his side of the court with the hoop. 
ready to like in the low post. That's the only place he can take dribbles. Like anything outside of that, yep. timeout. <laughs> yep. You take a dribble outside of like what? Five, Time out. We gotta advance the ball because this guy's wild. Uh huh. No, 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 no. Uh, also, so who got- you gonna be? Who you gonna be watching for this for this next upcoming week? All right, I'm going to tell you in a second. Real quick, I just want to put this out there. This is not uh-huh. one of the three teams I'm watching, but I threw on uh, the game on TNT right now with uh, the uh-huh. Nets and the Bucks. And yeah. seriously, James Harden, like, legit dropped, like, 30 pounds in two days. Or, like, whatever it was. <laughs> like, I'm like, trying to tell you. Like, was he, Listen, like, the, was boy wearing, was he wearing, like, the fat man bodysuit underneath his I don't jersey? Know. The strip clubs in Brooklyn must not be as good. I don't know what's going on. I ain't got no clubs to go to. It's like I gotta like work out and like eat. It's like his beard. Up. His beard looks lined up. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's true. His beard does not look as shaggy as it usually does. No, nah, no, nah, it does. You still be looking like Kendrick Perkins if you look down from from above, though. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right, so your okay. three teams. Who you got? All right, so so let's get to it. First of all, I want to watch these calves. I want to see. Oh, so you want to see if he's going to run point guard? Like, <laughs> yes, I want. I want to see. I want to see the point point antsy god. You know, or like point Satan Andre Drummond. You know, run running things. Uh, actually, I, I really want to. I really want to watch this for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, my guy from Gary, Indiana, represent and just. Really, I, I just I just want to see again how they handle it when you know the shots aren't falling right yeah their defense can can keep on you know staying together and help them grind out some of these wins because i feel like that is that that right there if they if they stay consistent with that that might be enough to hold them over and 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 sneak them into the playoffs i'm not sure they're there yet i'm not sure if they're ready for that but in a shortened, in a little bit of a shortened season, as crazy as things have been going, you just never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, then I got the Utah Jazz, who are, yeah. I don't know if I want to say, not really surprisingly, that they're the third seed in the Western Conference. Like, I mean, they're they're a perennial playoff team in the West with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, but I definitely want to check in with them and see how they're doing. Because, you know, again, they're a team that I expected to be in the playoffs. I don't know if I expected to, them to be right up there with the Lakers and the Clippers. So I guess I, I, I want to see the continuation of Donovan Mitchell's growth because I think he showed us in the playoffs this you know, past year that he can be an absolute, absolute star. You know, and we we knew he was a star before that. You know what I mean? But real deal. But but I think that if if he is really taking the step, like he's over here trying to be like I'm like top fifteen player in the league, that could be interesting. Again, I don't know that that really makes them legitimate title contenders because you still got Braun and AD and all that, right? That didn't change, and you still got the Clippers ahead of you. I still think it's worth paying attention to. And then my last team is. The Boston Celtics, your yeah, boys, man. because yeah. again they they were having a little bit of a thing to start the season, and now they are the second seed. They they were uh, the first seed for, or they were tied for the first seed for for a minute. And yeah. again, we know the big three. We know about Jason Tatum being you know an MVP candidate. We know about Jalen Brown continuing to be an All Star. He's gonna be an All Star this year. Make this man. Oh no, he's he's taking a step. He's Make taking a step. Make this man an All Star. He deserves it. 
And, and then uh, Kemba Walker just came back. So he's got to yeah. work his way back into it. But, but again, like this well-rounded team and Peyton Pritchard is a guy I've been wanting to watch a little bit more. Because- Yo, same thing, man. Like, I just like how they make fun of him on social media. And but- anybody that gets made fun of on social media by his teammates has to be a good guy. Yes. And and you look at what he's been he's been given this team, especially when they didn't have Kemba, you know, and they and they were kind of missing a couple of bodies there. And Marcus Smart had to be in the starting lineup. And then you had Peyton Pritchard kind of holding it down on that on that second unit and showing Brad Stevens that that he has another guy who can kind of take he over. He a game winner, man. And and they needed that. They lost Gordon Hayward in free agency. And even though he wasn't what they wanted him to be what they paid him to be he was still a really reliable guy on that second unit in terms of playmaking and scoring now if if they they've got Peyton Fritchard at a whole hell of a lot less of the cost you know that's really good for them for now and for the future yeah. well I'm gonna pick up right there with Gordon Haywood because all right I Gordon Haywood's a part of one of the teams I want to watch I want to watch the Charlotte Hornets and <laughs> I'm watching them solely because LaMelo Ball won, I know, right? I want to see LaMelo Ball. That's my guy. That's my guy. You know, fuck with LaMelo. That's, LaMelo's my guy. I like LaMelo. What do you want me to say? But <laughs> outside of that, P.J. Washington and uh, Miles Bridges, those guys have been balling. Um, Gordon Haywood had a career game this year. There was a funny thing that went on that game that day of the game too, because uh, there was there was rumors that Gordon Haywood would storm in the Capitol with all the the people at the insurrection, and then there was like a Twitter poll going that said, "What's what's the chances that Gordon Haywood drops a career high tonight?" I wish I I was a betting man on mm. like a betting platform because Gordon Haywood actually dropped a career high that night. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yo, that's crazy. But now I want to see the Charlotte Hornets, man. They're a really fun team to watch, and I just want to see if they're going to continue to um, gel. Um, Terry Rozier is really coming into his own, and they're, they're just doing what they got to do. Uh, my second team I want to watch is the Phoenix Suns. Now, last season, this was the team I was really rooting for, and that's part of the reason why I'm watching them again this year. It's because it's the team I'm really rooting for. Right now, they're not doing bad. They're the fourth seed in the Western Conference, and they're right there in playoff contention. But like I was saying, I mean, they, they could actually be one of those teams that, you know, if they don't keep it together and continue to win the games that they're supposed to win, they could be right out. They, it'd be, it's not, the Western Conference is not going to be really hard to find yourself on the outside looking in. No, you can't mess around picture. out there. No. Yeah, you can't mess around. So it's like, it's going to be interesting. I mean, already between the fourth seed and the, 11th seed they pretty much all got the same damn record already right now so it's going to be interesting um so that's going to be my second team and my third team is going to be the dallas mavericks Kristaps porzingis is back uh, i don't want to say they're my sleeper because i really feel like they should be in the playoffs you know what i'm saying right now it's going to be interesting Kristaps coming back he's going to work his way from the injury i i, I want to see what the Dallas Mavericks are going to do. Luka is is balling. He passed MJ on an all-time triple-double list in his second year in the league. Like, come on. This dude's doing... This guy's doing double behind the back dribbles into passes, getting triple... Like, I don't... Like, there's no way you can hate on Luka. I don't even see a flaw in his game. Right now, they're 22nd in points per game, and I expect that to go up because they got Kristaps back. But it's going to be interesting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for tonight on I Think I Know Basketball. Stay tuned. We're going to try to be back on schedule um, and get things going um, Monday and Tuesday and all that stuff weekly. 
just like it was. Uh, but let, let's try and it's like as, as long as COVID doesn't do any more nonsense on us, you know what I mean? Or like yeah, yeah. That, that the country still exists next week and we don't have a civil war and all that all that good stuff. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week and we will let you know how our teams did. So then yeah. peace. Peace out. <laughs>